Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome, 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 everyone, to an amazing episode. Now, you may hear a little raspiness in my voice, and that's because I am getting over a head cold. It is not COVID, thankfully, but I was not going to miss or have to reschedule this interview today. I don't care if I would have just been silent and had to type these questions. And once I introduce who's with us today, I'm pretty sure you're going to be excited that I didn't wait to do this one either. (laughs) Everybody, welcome to the show today. All the way from the other side of the pond, Miss Jackie Moses. How are you doing? I am good, Rob. Thank you so much for inviting me on to, to do this. I'm so glad we're speaking. Oh, man. So, so, so excited for this one because I've, I've known you for a while now. Now, I've pretty much stopped your professional and personal life because uh, I, just, I just loved you since our first meeting. Uh, and we'll talk about that later in the episode. But I want to just first give you uh, uh, opportunity to introduce yourself to to the listeners um, and, and just let them fall in love with you like I did and we'll go from there. <laughs> Thank you Rob. What can I say? I just love people. Yeah. I, I, I always have and even just saying that brings um, tears to my eyes. I, I feel so grateful to to be doing what I'm doing in the world and to be who I am and to really kind of have a sense of who I am more and more, right, more and more. Um, I'm passionate about supporting people to see who they are, who they really are, beyond their identities, beyond what the, who they think they are, beyond their limitations, beyond their insecurities, um, and all the, all the stories and challenges that they've had in, this, in their lives and made stories up about themselves that are just not true. They really are. And, I, and I'm passionate about that because that's been my journey. My journey has been wading through all of the stories and identities and, and, and stories about who I thought I was. And I'm still, I'm still going through the layers. Right, because that's a lifelong thing. <laughs> yeah, lifelong. I like that. I like that. But the more that I've been doing this, and um, some of the layers start to fall away, there's a sense of freedom, and that's what I want. I want people to feel free, or freer than they may be, um, and to know that the thinking that they have on who they think they are is not is not true. They are more than they think they are. Right. And so how that shows up for me is, you know, in my professional life, is that I'm a coach. So I'm a well-being, what three principles practitioner and have been for 10 years. I'm a transformation coach, leadership coach, and I work with lots of different types of people. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and I've been very, very privileged to have worked on some amazing projects. 
in the world that we know of the three principles yeah. but also have been venturing out for the last how many years and I've worked with before the before I came across the principles 10 years ago in a very difficult time in my life I was struggling and was stressed and overthinking and my thinking was in overdrive about who I thought I was it was just beating myself up and not feeling good enough big imposter syndrome mm. and I came across the three principles and it, it just made it just changed my life really it just made a huge difference and so in the world when I'm in the world I want people to know about that too but that's available for everybody yeah I I, I had that same <laughs> feeling when I came across it for myself uh, but a point that you you made in there I want to I want to pull out uh, and that's one of the really um, cool things that I've been able to witness about your work you've done this in a a way that where people have clearly said these are totally different things, you've made them to see, no, it's all the same. Yeah. Um, whether that's been in women's well-being, whether that's been in the BIPOC movement, whatever it's been, you've been able somehow to take all these various spaces and bring them together. Talk to me a little bit about that. I often get asked by people, how, come, how can you work with so many different types of people? What happened was, I was, this was so in my blood, like, <laughs> you know, when I first came across this, I was on fire. I was just like, no, this, I need to, I need to share this with as many people as possible. And so there was just opportunities that then started to come up in my, because I was training with, you know, certain groups and, and there were opportunities that came up. Um, and one of the first ones was sharing it in schools. Now, the iHeart program that's available now through iHeart Principles, mm -hmm. before it was that, that same group of people were sharing it in schools. And they said, Jackie, come along with us. And so I joined them, sharing it in a couple of schools. It's now been developed as the, the, the iHeart Principles. But so, you know, I was sharing it in schools. I've shared it in schools um, in inner cities, worked with children um, and, and young men helping them with knife crime. So they, we go into the schools and they, these are kids that are at risk. They're known to be in gangs or work very close relationship with gang members. And sometimes some of them are known for carrying knives. Mm. And so it was a campaign that one of my colleagues was doing and I joined to, to help work with some of the, some of the young men. Um, and it was just really, really powerful. To, to work with young people, because they get it really quickly. They start to see this so mm -hmm. quickly. Absolutely. Um, I've worked with women. Um, I came out to America um, to the Spark Initiative. I did an intern with them for a week. And uh, myself and one of the colleagues, Helen Neard Ali, she brought me to a safe house. Um, and so we went to this safe house and we ran two groups and I co-facilitated with her women that had been exploited. They'd been prostitutes and, and sexual exploitation. And this is down in Tampa, Florida with Brooke, right? That's, That's right. Absolutely, yes. And so I um, ran two groups and that was incredible. The women just seeing, wow, just getting a glimpse, you know, it's just two sessions, but just getting a glimpse that how their mind and when you, you know when you share this understanding it's so people get it so quickly because they get a sense of I know what you're talking about because my mind does that too mm -hmm. especially if you give them examples right they're just like yeah my mind does that too yeah. uh, but um and then you know 
I've worked with the homeless community, um, worked on an amazing project um, with some colleagues, and we got to the opportunity to deliver to vulnerable people and homeless people who they employed in the shop. I don't know if you know, you've got it in America, Pret, you know, the sandwich shop, retail the sandwich shop. shop. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, we had a three-year contract with them to deliver to their people and young uh, people that were working in the shops. Um, as you know, I've worked in the prisons. So mm-hmm. I worked with an amazing team beyond recovery as part of the founding team there at the beginning where we brought this into two prisons in the United Kingdom. It was the most life-changing for me um, experience to share this understanding with amazing men, men that have done things and done things and they're serving their, serving their sentence, but it didn't take away that they're human beings. Oh, it, it does not take away that they have the right to have a more peace of mind that they have the right to um, understand that their thinking got them in there, mm-hmm. to see it. Yeah. Right? Some of those men are not coming out of prison. Yeah. And then the beauty of that is some of those men have come out of prison. Absolutely. And we can talk, we can talk more about that. But um, And that now, you know, what I'm really, really, I love, I've worked with leaders, I've worked with, I'm mentoring coaches and, you know, it's like 13 different types of groups. That's what I would just kind of... Oh, wow. Wow. So now we have a national health service. It's like our big health service. It's free to us in, our, in this country. National. So all the hospitals around the whole of the United Kingdom. I'm working, I'm coaching the clinical and non-clinical staff with the three principles understanding. I just shared that recently. Oh, and wow. I've been doing that for a year and a half, like working with doctors, working with psychologists, working with nurses, working with heads of department, working with head of a It's been incredible to be able to share this understanding because they're so stressed. Mm-hmm. After This was during COVID and then post-COVID. Okay. It was a privilege to be able to share this understanding and let them know, like, you're not going crazy. Right? Because in some of these clinical people, they don't want to report that they're stressed out. Oh no! And they and they and that they are not coping. Yeah, yeah I want to report that because they they're frightened if they go to the mental health team, it's going to impact how people see them or their license. In the military, it was like the moment you go identify that you needed to talk to the doc, they would do what they call ground you. I mean, they would take you off missions because you mentally weren't in a good state to go. However, being pulled off a mission, one of the worst things you can do for your career. Because in performance report wise, it's only satisfactory unsat performing missions. Like it's no in between, there's no mental health box in there. So when I look back at your performance report, all I see is you didn't perform all of your missions. It doesn't say in there anywhere you had a mental health crisis where you need to talk to somebody and get yourself well. And so I hid it forever. Like I deployments of of just crying with myself and not trying to tell anybody because I didn't need anybody to think I wasn't capable of our warrior ethos of carrying the burden of war. And then I realized as I got older, we always losing our crap in our heads trying to carry the burden of war, you know. So, yeah, I could totally understand that. Wow. That's got to be fun, though, to see and to 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 experience. Yeah, I do it weekly. So, you know, every week I've, I'm speaking to someone 
and and also we have like the ambulance service so that's like your paramedics the paramedics so, yeah so first could, responders are very yes. in much of need of this in a sense i speak i speak um usually every year to a group called emergency management services leadership and they're pretty much all the people in charge of ambulance firefighters police departments and things like this and how well-being needs to be a part of this for you because you can literally go on scene and see one of the most traumatic experiences you've ever faced in your life and be responsible for securing the scene, helping the person come stay alive. Like all of that takes a toll, especially if you don't understand how the mind works. And, and so I really, really applaud you for that work. doing all that how do you ever find time to have so much fun as I saw you have with your mom on the city tour on the bus like I I looked at that post at least three or four times because it just lit my heart up the smiles the people's responses the interaction and the energy around like it just was a beautiful time so how do you find time to, to enjoy your life the way that you do. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm making time. I love it. Really am. I mean, last year was a very busy year for me. and Lots of work was coming in. And so I decided that this year that I want to make sure that I enjoy myself and make time. Mm. Now, there's a bit of backstory to this. Okay. My mum was diagnosed with cancer. It, about 15 months ago, right? Okay. If you see her there, you see her enjoying herself, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't see none of that part. That, yeah, that's what I mean. I didn't see none of that part. And very, and very, and a very serious, serious part of her body. So, you know, it's she's, she's fighting for a fighting right to, you know, for her to, to keep living her life. But you know, one thing about her that I really love is that she's living her life like normal. Like she's not being consumed with this idea that something's wrong with me. She's yes, she's been diagnosed. So my, you know, her getting on this trip. My niece organised that. My niece, and she's very close with my mum. And she said, "Auntie, do you want to come?" And I said, "Yeah, of course I'm coming." And and we went on this trip, this 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 tour, and we just enjoyed ourselves. My mum's a laugh. She likes to enjoy herself. And so this is all part of me making sure my mum being diagnosed really brought it home to me how fine our, our lives are, right? And it really made me how important it is to enjoy yourself, especially with your loved ones and spend time. Mm, yes. It, like it shifted for me, even shifted my business and how I want to be in my business and how I want to show up. It shifted it completely. Like, we think we've got loads of time. We don't know how much time we have. Yeah. I, 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 well, man, that's such a powerful message. Because thinking we have so much time is why when you get the thought to send someone, I love you, you just don't do it. Or call and check on, you don't do it. Because oh, I'll get to it. Or there's enough time. And if they pass in between that time, then there comes the regret or the feeling. And it's like, um, 
have a friend that's um I reconnected with after we we actually went to school of ministry years ago together and went on to grab his PhD and pastor churches and things. And somebody connected us recently, reconnected us. And we were talking and it, it's such a beautiful thing watching my brother shine. It's a totally different feeling now, but his wife just passed from cancer. And we were we were we were talking about this and he was he was having a hard time with all the pressures everybody was putting upon him about the way he was supposed to grieve. And he said, he, he said, I just don't know how to explain it. I said, well, just tell them that you have no regrets about your life with your wife. You all, like they were high school sweethearts. So they had 20 some years of life together, but they were only in their 30s, like early 40s. Um, he was the kind of guy that they would have to go, they would be going to the grocery store and he'll be like, let's go to happy hour. And like, he, cause he deployed, he was a military guy. So he took every moment and made it a moment. If he, when it was him and his wife, it was like, y'all always doing something. Y'all always did. And he said, she knew, she knew that I loved her. And I knew she loved me. We knew we had accepted each other's partners. He was like, that was every day in our relationship. And it was so like mind opening. I mean, it was just like baffling to me to go, oh, that's a totally different grieving process. When you know you fully love the person and they fully knew you got that love and that, that's a different grieving process. Now I'm just getting over the habit of missing my friend, but I don't have the, the things that, you know, other people I've, I've coached through deaths. Like I wish I would have, I wish I could have. That's the part that they hang up on that hurts so much. So yeah. I, I really love that that you made that point about that. And I hope people do hear that. Like, we don't know the time. Yeah. We mean, do I, not. I could go before my mom, right? Exactly. <laughs> Literally, it could be yeah. that. So what's really beautiful of it and why we had so much fun is because my mom knows how much I love her. I'm her right-hand woman. That's what she calls me. <laughs> and and you know, I'm I'm like her partner and my dad's around, but you know, I'm the strength and support. Yeah. And if I did not understand the nature, how my experience is created, I could not be this stand and this strong for her. Now, of course I've cried and you know, I thought the other day I felt a bit tearful, but I saw myself going down a road very early on and she when she was getting diagnosed of she's gone like tomorrow you know just, i was catastrophizing yeah, yeah. consume me just crying and i saw something i was like oh look it's okay for me to be crying and to be upset so i'm not trying to say i shouldn't have those feelings but i saw right in that moment how my mind was creating a story like my mom's going to go tomorrow this is 15 months ago they never told us that she hadn't even got the proper diagnosis yet she was still going for the test and I was catastrophizing to the point that I wanted to drop down I was so weak from the level of catastrophizing you know the thought of losing my mom like that now from the day I saw that it has grounded me I can't tell you the level of groundedness that I've got I can be there for my mom. I can still cry with her. I yeah. can still hold her hands. But I think my my grounded and 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 love and patience and that we're on a journey together mm-hmm. has her not takes away a whole heap of worry. I'm not talking talking worry into her. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that is such a, um, a interesting, the way you phrase that, I'm not talking worry into her because I think one of the biggest compliments I've ever been paid in my life was from my grandmother when she said, I don't have to worry about you no more, baby. And it hit me kind of like the same way you're saying it hit you that, oh, wait, I'm 46. So up until I came across this understanding a few years ago, my grandmother lived with an extreme worry for me. So you go back to my childhood, inner city gang kid, you know, around drugs and violence my whole life. Don't know if I'm gonna make it to 18. She worried for me because she pretty much raised me for the first majority of that. Then I go into the military and I got this job that puts me in harm's way on the regular. She's worried about me. She said she saw a picture my mom showed her. And it was from something a couple years ago. And she was like, she knew from the smile that I had seen, in her words, I had seen God. And, and for her, it was it. She no longer had to worry, which then changed her behaviors toward me. We talked less because she felt like I need to spend all my time with the ones that don't know in the family, you're good. But, and it was, it was interesting. It was a like, oh, let me sit and watch it from her being the matriarch of the family. And it was like, oh, she is all, she is just living in worry for her loved ones. And, and so I, the way you said that, like to spend that time with your mom and just not worry. So when I'm in front of her now, we're talking about the most random things. We're just a giggling a bit. So she's kind of nervous about getting out of the house, but we were hanging out. I was like, girl, you want to take a drive? And she's like, well, I guess we can, yeah. And we get in the car and she's holding herself pretty tight in the car, but we ride through the neighborhood and she's kind of remembering some things. But it was like watching her with dementia and watching her lose so much weight and not look like who she was when she was my superwoman in a sense, didn't take the way she was my superwoman. And so looking at her with that same strength in my eyes, because I know it's in there, looking at her with the same vigor and love lit her up. She didn't see a worry on me about her condition, you know? And I was telling my mom, don't, don't show up on her like that, you know? Because then she starts thinking, especially when her memories are sporadic. You know, if I look, if I'm already feeling bad and I sit down and look in your face and your face is all crap, then what else am I going to do, you know? Where am I supposed to go from there, you know? Like, oh man, that was such a beautiful story, wow. Thank you for sharing about your mom. Thank you. Yeah, just, just create the space for her to show up. But, you know, her worries, whatever she has. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm not worrying like that. I, I'm not in that. I mean, since I saw that, every now and then I might think, you know, the other day she said she had a headache and I had a word for a bit, but it just disappears because I know what yeah. it is. And, but I'm, we're just talking about normal stuff. The other day she drank the gym. <laughs> The other day she drank the gym. She's just like, she's all right. Yeah, I love that. Man, that's such a powerful story. Um, well, let's do this. I, I, wanna, I wanna give you, you know, time for people to just hear you because I can ask you questions all day long. But I, I wanna first just thank you for being here. Thank you uh, so much. You've been uh, one of the most loving hearts and, and expressions and demonstrations of love that I've received since being in this community. Um, your, your notes 
you know, when they are, your smile when I do get a chance to see you. And I just, I just really want to thank you for that uh, and, and share, you know, nothing but love and gestures and blessings for everything that you got going on. Uh, but I want to actually kind of share your heart with the community. And really, what I want to hear, and, you know, this is Rob, you can change it if you want. It's totally up to you. But I really want to hear, being how much I know you do move through various uh, groups, what what kind of now has you lit up the most? Like, what now has just hit you that that you're just, this is it for me for a while, and I'm really feeling passionate about it, and this is where I want to play. And then just share that with everybody. And you can also share with them where they can find you and places to find you. Um, I'll put any links that um, you send me on the show notes so they'll have it there. But um, yeah, you, you'll be the last voice they hear. But kind of just share what lights you up now, what you're most excited about, and you know where they can find you. Yeah, I think I've been really, as I said before, I've been really fortunate to work with so many different types of people. And people often ask me, how can you work with a CEO and then work with this group, another group of people? Um, um, and my answer is always the same thing. I work with human beings. I don't work with their job titles. I don't work with their, with their circumstances. They'll come with their circumstances. But I'm working with the human being who's sitting in front of me or is face-to-face -to, -face to me, or is on the phone to me, or on the screen. And so, what I love about the, the, this understanding is this, this universal thread that just goes through every single one of us, that how we create our experience is, is the same. Doesn't matter what color you are, what, what profession you are, what religion, it transcends all of this. And so I'm really passionate. What lights me up now is working with supporting leaders and supporting change makers and coaches and mentors so that there can, this message goes out into the world even more so that people see who they really are, at the heart of who we are, is love. At the heart of who we are is this spacious, present, loving presence that's available, that we can you know, make available to anyone. When we can show up and love people, or when we can show up and listen to people so deeply that they feel so seen and heard, and then they start to understand how their experience is being created. That can heal. We have seen that heal people. We've seen that transform people's lives. We've seen it transform our own lives. That's where it starts. So that's what that's what really lights me up, and that we do this in a way where we can we can do it in a sustainable way as well, as coaches and, and practitioners and leaders. I think it's really important, like. When you're a practitioner or a coach or someone really sharing this message really passionately, we're in a, the role that we're in is a role of leaders. We're kind of leading, we're leading a message, right? And the best type of leadership is when we're leading ourselves and then we lead others. 
and we, you know, we help them really to, to lead with clarity and compassion and, and innovation and inclusiveness. Mm. Now, that's really important to me. That, you know, that when we're looking at what we're doing, that it's inclusive. Because our true nature is inclusive. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve.